Ketubotaf Pegimal after discussing the basic concepts and halachot that everything a person owns is connected to his wife's ketubah, we finished the eighth perek of Masechet Ketubot, and we are now starting the ninth perek of Masechet Ketubot, right at the top of Pegimal Amud Aleph. The Mishnah starts, Akotev Leishtof, a person who wrote to his wife, Dinu Dvarim Endi Ben Chasayich, I have no judgment, I have no connection to, I have no claims to your assets. You can continue eating fruits from her assets while she's alive. If she passes away, he gets an inheritor. So why would he write such a thing that he has no connection, no claims to her assets? So the Gemara explains, If she sells the assets, or she gave it as a gift to someone else, it stands. That's all he's saying. Or that's all he's writing. If he wrote that he has no connection or claims to her assets and their fruits, he doesn't eat the fruits while she's still alive. However, it doesn't show that he wants to separate them completely, meaning he won't even get to inherit. Therefore, if she, if she passes away, he, gets, he inherits it. You can always eat the fruits of the fruits. Until he writes, I have no connection, no claim to your assets. And the fruits of the fruits. Forever. When he writes that, that's a different story. Then he's not allowed. Now, so if this guy wrote that he has no connection, no claim to her assets, to her fruits, the fruits of the fruits while she's alive, while she passed away, he doesn't eat fruits while she's alive, if she passes away, he doesn't inherit it. If she passes away, he doesn't inherit her. Why? Because when he's saying, I have no connection, I'm not going to inherit you, what he's really, in essence, doing, he's going against the Torah. And we know, anyone who makes a condition against what's written in the Torah, the entire condition is nullified. And we learned in the Pasuk in Bamidbar, if someone passes away, you give his inheritance, the She'ero ve'arash ota. And he, to whoever is related, and they're going to inherit it. Now, that Ve'erashota, we're going to be learning later on in the Masechet, that a husband inherits his wife's assets. So, when he's saying, I'm not uh, I'm not having any connection to your assets, I'm not going to claim, even, while, even after you pass away, he's going against the Torah, according to Bishimon and Gamliel. And the Gemara starts, Tanin Haomer de Ishto. A person who says to his wife, I have no connection to your assets. The Gemara asks the question, let's say he wrote it, who cares? We went in a Brita. Yeah, there's a field that belongs to two people. And one person said, I have no claim, I have no connection to this land. I have no business here. And my hand is removed from it. Because he has to actually say, I'm giving it as a gift. Meaning, foregoing is not good enough in that case. Then, why is a husband foregoing his rights to his wife's assets? Okay. Why is it with the partners, if he said it in a way where I'm removing my hand, it's not good? But with the husband and the wife, if he removes his hand, then okay. The Isha is okay and everything, and he gets nothing. So, Amaret de Berabi and I, they explain really whoever has land and he wants to give it to his friend, he has to give it as a gift. And meaning removing yourself doesn't help. 
However, our Mishnah bechotev la ve'oda arusa. Our Mishnah is talking about where he's writing it to her while she's still engaged to him, and therefore he never actually acquired the the assets. And since he never acquired the assets, removing himself from it is giving her the rights to keep it. If it's inheritance that's coming from somewhere else. That's not automatic. Adam A person could make a condition that he's not going to inherit it. Meaning, if it's a takanat hachamim, the reason he's inheriting it, he could say, I don't want takanat hachamim. It's not going against the Torah. Here it's just going against hachamim. If a person says, I'm not interested in this uh, favor that Hachamim are setting me up with, let's say the land he's supposed to get is going to give him a big headache, uh, he's going to have problems with the tenants over there, he's going to have the problem uh, fixing it, and I don't want it. Okay, in this type of case, we listen to him. And the Gemara asks, my Kigonzo, or does that mean Kigonzo, like in this type of case? Like Ravuna said the name of Rav. A woman can tell her husband, I'm not interested in you feeding me, and I'm not giving you work, or I'm not working for you. She wants to be lazy. She's going to sit on her dowry money, whatever she's going to do. She doesn't want to work. She has the right. Listen, Hakamim said, you work, he feeds you. She has the right to say, I'm not interested and same thing the opposite way around. The husband can say, I'm not interested in inheriting my wife. The Gemara says, If that's the case, then then even if they've been married, the person can say, I'm not interested in, in this inheritance. So Amar the problem is with the Nesu'ah, is that their hand, his, her hand, his hand, that it's the same body. And therefore, once they've been married, he can't say, I'm not interested in it, too bad. And Rabbi Amar, no, yado adifa yada. It's even even stronger, meaning he has a stronger hold over her things than she does. And the nafkamina between Abaye who said yado yada to Rabbi who said that he's stronger than her, the shomeret yabam. This goes back to mahlukat we had before between Beit Shemah and Beit Hillel, shomeret yabam who passed away, who uh, inherits uh, all her land. Is it the yabam or is it her inheritors? Bet Shemai says it's a, a safek and they split it. Bet Yilal say that Nechsem Milog, everything stays wherever it, it is. The, the Nechsem Milog, the, the assets that she brought in, stays by her Yoshim. And the Ketubah stays by uh, the brother. Abaye holds, we split all the assets that came to her while her first husband was alive. Because according to him, Yado Yada, everyone's hands is the same. But according to Rabbah, he held that uh, his hand is stronger than her hand. And therefore, in this case, he would say that the the, the chasim, the assets are in the hands of the Yabam. And according to Rabbah, you have to say the Mahloket would be as if uh, the assets came to her while she's a Shomer at Yabam. So now, Iba'ya Lehu, question. Let's say they actually did a Kinyan. What would be the Halakha? Meaning, the question is, did they do a kinyan on the actual land, or they did a kinyan on what he said, which is din dvarim and the asadezu? I have no claim on this uh, field. So Amar of Yosef, he says, no, the kinyan is no good because midin dvarim kanumiyado. They did a kinyan on the fact that what he said, which is, I have no claim on this uh, land. Of the Haman Amar migufashil kanumiyado. No, they did a kinyan on this land, and therefore it works. And Amar Abaye, Mr. Miltad, the Rav Yosef, Be'orer. Abaye said that Rav Yosef said that it makes sense that the Kenyan is no good when the person giving over the land is protesting. 
He's saying, I only made a kinyan on din with varim, I didn't make it on the actual land. But if the person took the land, he waited there too, and then all of a sudden the person woke up and he started protesting, then then when they did a kinyan, they did it on the actual land and the kinyan stands. And holds that they did a kinyan on the actual land and Amar Vashed Amemor. What did you mean? Be'orer or Be'omed? Is it even when he's protesting or only when he, the guy didn't say anything for there too? Lemay nefkamina. What's nefkamina? Rav Yosef. That according to Rav Yosef, he said the Kenyan was on the dinud vayim part and it doesn't work. But if the person was protesting, you'd agree that halachazak Rav Yosef wouldn't work. Amale. So I'm more told him lo shemiyali. I never heard Rav Yosef's words. Kelomar meaning lo sivali. I don't hold of it. Rather, I hold the halacha is always like Rav Nachman that they did a kinyan on the actual land. Now we learned in the Mishnah, Ken Lama Katav La. If so, why did he write Dinudvarim? And we end up saying that if she saw that he wouldn't make a claim, and the, the, the sale stands. So the Gemara says, Why doesn't the woman tell her, uh, her husband? Listen, when you said Dinudvarim, what you really meant to say is that. Any rights you have to this land, you will move the way. Meaning, you're not going to eat fruits, you're not going to inherit it, nothing. The person who holds the contract is always at the bottom. Meaning, if there's a contract that we're not sure what it means, we could, you could get more, you could get less. We're always going to say, you get less. You would have to prove otherwise. And same thing with the, with this uh, with this, uh, this star that says, Dinud Varim. The he the, the husband has a hazaka that I get to eat the fruits from this land, so he at least gets to eat the fruits. He at least gets to inherit it. Okay, if she makes a sale, then uh, he has no claim, but uh, everything else he has. Maybe when he said maybe he said I don't want to eat fruits. Amarabaye Abaye explains no, he'd rather keep that zechut that right to eat fruits. Why? I would rather have one small uh, gourd, one small pumpkin now, than to have a huge one later. I don't know what's going to happen later. Now it gets small, and I'll, I'll rather take that. Same thing with the husband and his wife's uh, assets. He'd rather eat a little bit of fruits now than take the chance that if uh, she, then you know after she, uh, she passes away, I'll get the entire field. Who knows what's going to happen by then? I'd rather want the fruits right now. Therefore, when something small in the contract that like we explained over here, he's going to eat the fruits and he's not going to inherit her later. Maybe he didn't want to inherit her. Maybe when he said, maybe he doesn't want to inherit her, but he still gets to eat fruits. What makes you say that when he said, it means that he can't argue on a sale that she made, but he, could, but he still inherits her? So Amar Abaye explains, Death, a woman dying before her husband, is a common thing. But selling a property that she brought in from her family, that's not common. When a person removes himself, he removes himself from something not common. But from something common, a person is not going to remove himself. Fruits, inheritance, which are common, He's going to, he's going to make sure he keeps that. But her selling a land that belongs to her parents, she brought him through a dowry, he, he's not, that he doesn't really care about because women don't usually do that. And that since it's not common, he's going to remove himself from that. Rav Amar, 
The reason he does not remove himself from the fruits or from the inheritance is because he said, Bin he said, I'm not going to have any dinud varim, no claims on your assets. He said the assets, nothing with the fruits. He didn't say anything about the fruits. Bin only with your assets. And not after death. After death, I'm going to have a claim. That's why he gets the fruits. That's why he gets uh, the, he gets the inheritance after death. Now we learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, "Olam Ochel Pere Perot." He can always eat the fruits of fruits until he actually writes that I'm not going to have any claim on the fruits on the fruits of fruits forever. So Tanur Abanan, Eluhen Perot veEluhen Pere Perot. What's Perot? What's uh, fruits of fruits? Ichnis Alokakav Asta Perot. If she brought in land, they made fruits. Harehen Perot. That's your fruits. Machar perot. If he sold the fruits, and he bought land, perot, and that land made fruits. perot. That is called fruits of fruits. So now, Now the Gemara doesn't understand the Rabbi Uda. We didn't understand. Remember, he said uh, the only way that this uh, this dinu varim works is if he writes that I have no connection, no claim on your fruits and the fruits and fruits forever. So he has to say three things. So the Gemara wants to understand. Rabbi Uda pere perot tafka is that second thing where he said the fruits of fruit, is that the main point? And he doesn't have to add the word olam at the end. Or maybe the big one is ad olam. That's the most important part. But let's say he didn't write the pere perot. He didn't say pere perot. Or maybe pere perot and the word olam is dafka. They're both important in order for this to work. And if you want to say the fruits of fruits are is the main thing, ad olam lamali, then why do I need the word ad olam? So the Gemara explains, Hakamashmala. No, it's coming to teach us that Kevan dechatav la pere perot. Since he wrote fruits of fruits, Kevan dechatav la ad olam damet. As if he wrote forever. Veim timseloma. And if you want to say ad olam davka, that ad olam is the main point, then pere perot lamali. Then why do you need pere perot? Rather, Hakamashmalan that af al gav dechatav la pere perot. Even though he wrote fruits of fruits, he katav la ad olam in. If he wrote the words ad olam, then it works. Ilo, lo. And if he didn't write those words, then no, it doesn't work. Ve'im timse lomar taravayu dafka. And if you want to say both of them are important, tate lamali, then why do you need both of them? And the Gemara would explain, Sricha, you need both of them. Deikatav la pere perot velokatav la adolam. If you would have wrote fruits of fruits, but didn't write the word adolam, havamina would have thought, pere perot hu de lo achil. He wouldn't eat fruits of fruits. Okay, aval pera de pere perot achil. But the fruits of the fruits of the fruits, he would eat. That's why I need the word Adolam. And if I would, if he would only wrote the word Adolam, and he didn't write the word uh, fruits of fruits before that, I would have thought maybe Leolam is going on the word Perot. I mean, he's not going to eat the first land's fruits forever. But maybe the second land's fruits he would eat. That's why you need the word Pere Perot in that, uh, that deal also. So now, based on all this, if a person wrote, I have no claim on your assets and the fruits of your fruits, meaning he skipped the perot in between. So, can he eat those fruits or not? So, can he eat the actual fruits of the land? Not if he sold them and he bought land and they made fruit. No, we're not talking about that, but the actual fruits. The question is as follows. When he said this, did he dafka mean the fruits of fruits? However, the real for the fruits of the actual land, he didn't remove himself away from that. Or maybe what he really meant was everything. I'm not going to have any claim on anything. 
So the Gemara explains, Pshita demikol miles sadik nafshe. It makes sense to say that when he removed himself from everything. The yamat mipere perot sadik nafshe, because if you want to say from fruits of fruits, he removed himself. Mipere lo sadik nafshe, but he didn't remove himself from uh, from fruits. Kevan dachlinu leperot. Once you ate the fruits, pere perot mehecha. Where are you going to get the fruits of fruits? Rather, they're all connected. But the Gemara doesn't like that, because Otamech, based on that logic, we said in the we said in the Mishnah that according to Biuda he could always eat the fruits of fruits until he writes said uh, that he doesn't you have no connection forever. Meaning you can also ask the same thing. If you eat the fruits, where are you going to get the fruits of fruits from? Rather, Ella, we're talking about you left over things. Same thing with our case. You left over the fruits, and that's how you were able to get uh, fruits of fruits. Now, we learned in the Mishnah that Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel Omer, he says if his wife passes away, he can inherit her because uh, the, he, he was he made a condition against the Torah. And Amar of Halakha Kerabban Shimon ben Gamliel, that this Sedinu Dvarim thing doesn't work because you made a condition against the Torah. A person is, cannot remove himself away from his wife's asset. But really, the Halakha is not because of his reason. And the Gemara tries to understand. My halacha, ben Gamliel, What do you mean? The halacha is like Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, but not his reason. If you want to tell me that the halacha is like Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, that if she passes away, he can inherit her, but not his reason. Because Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel holds that if you made a condition against the Torah, then it's nullified, it's like you did nothing. And Rav holds in general that when you make a condition against Torah, it counts. Wait a second, you, you really hold that the Yerusha, the husband, the husband inheriting his wife, you really hold it's the Rabbanan, the Hachamim. Strengthen their words more than the halachot of the Torah, and therefore, if he made a condition against Torah, it would stand. But since it's only the Rabbanan, Hachamim said you can't make a condition on it. The problem is, does Rav really hold that if someone makes a condition against the Torah, his condition stands? Tomorrow it was said. If a person says, I'm selling you something, but on condition that if I overcharge you, you're going to be okay with it. Listen, ona'a is a mitzvah from the Torah, and you can't make a condition against the Torah, and therefore the sale is not a sale, and there is this concept of price gouging. And Shmuel is the one who said that, no, there's no price gouging. He accepted this price and it's okay. So you see that Rav does hold a person who makes a condition against Torah. It doesn't count. So then why over here is he holding like Rav Anshim but not from his reason? And we'll stop right here with this question. What did Rav mean that the halakha is like Rav Anshim but not from his reason? And we'll continue tomorrow. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.